Yo, what is up, people? Welcome back to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast here on the DFPN. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Promptly, sorry we got off to a little bit of a late start tonight, but we promised to make it up to you with a good show because we got a good one tonight. But before we get into the show, let's shout out the sponsors, shout out to the plugs, earbuds. Go to www.gettheplugs.com. Also, shout out to Fiverr. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash that film podcast. You know, we got a bunch of stuff going on in the group. So come join us. For everybody in the No Gimmicks podcast group right now, you guys see my message. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know where to get in touch with us. Here is the link for everybody listening. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Join us there and let's have a good time. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Bandcamp. Datfillin.bandcamp.com and we have merch available at the Teespring. Go to spring.com search for Datfillin Podcast and rock it. Now, to my co-hosts, the fabulous one, Frankie D. Yes, what's sir. up? I, I I am the fabulous Frankie D, and uh, I'm just too sweet. And uh, I have to admit, um, I, I I'm tired as hell tonight. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get this going here, so we can go ahead and entertain the millions and millions. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> the Rocks fans. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's, it's good to be up here. It's good to be back up here on No Gimmicks. We got uh, you know a couple yeah, of days, man. couple of days. Uh, you know, it's gonna be Halloween. It's that time of the year. It's gonna get funky like a monkey. It's the most wonderful time, exactly, of the year. <laughs> Oh hell yeah, man! Totally dig it, man. Totally dig it. Hell yeah! You know, but but, you, but yeah. you know what people? You know what people aren't digging right now? They're not really. What digging. are they not digging? They're not digging Halloween ends right now, bro. I mean, eighty percent drop. I mean, my. I mean, damn. Like wow. Hey. I mean, it could have been impacted by The Rock. The Rock could have had a really big impact on that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with Black Adam. No, no, no. I was don't trying to save it, man. Come yeah, on, man. I was trying. That's like that. That's like that's like that's like Meltzer claiming that that AEW did 3.5 million viewers. Yeah. Hey. I'm just saying, it could it could have been impacted. You have Black Adam come out in the theaters. You never know, man. You never know. Uh, I, I do know, sir. <laughs> I do know for a fact. When you look, when, when you go in these Halloween groups and people are at these stores and you see rows and rows of something that you would never ever see at Halloween time. And that's <laughs> Michael Myers' Halloween ends mask for sale in the store. That never happens, bro. Spirit Halloween is, that, is always sold out. Party City is always sold out of stuff. You can go right now and get your Halloween ends mask. No problem. Never is the case, is it? Never is the case. And trust me, I know. <laughs> oh man, come on. You gotta you gotta you gotta give it give it a chance. Give what a give chance. Give it a chance. Give you never chance, know, sir. man. You never what? know. The people, the, pe- <laughs> the people may come around. They're not coming around. <laughs> I know. This, this, I is, know this, is, this is the most the, the divisive fan base I've ever seen. I mean, I thought Star Wars fans were crazy. I thought wrestling fans were crazy. But this shit is crazy. Every single post on social media is either bashing the movie or bashing Jamie Lee Curtis are bashing Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton, are bashing the dude that played uh, Corey, 
Are there some people love it? A lot of people hate it. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna meet James Jude Courtney on Saturday. I'm gonna ask him, bro, what the hell happened? (laughs) Maybe he'll answer. Maybe he won't. You should record yourself asking him. You should record it. I'm gonna try to attempt to do that because I'm gonna ask him just just you know one on one for your fans out there. What the hell happened, dude? Like seriously. For your can fans you, can out you, there, can, can you give me a? Can you give me a just a, a, a just so, just something quick? Just 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 because I mean, you look so badass at the end of Halloween Kills. You're up there standing in front of the window. You got Karen's blood all on you and, and everything. You just looking just so sweet, baby. And then now you're in the sewer and you're all decrepit and you can't move around and you're all molded up and shit. And you're just a man with a Halloween mask. What? Happened, and don't get it. Yeah, record that answer because I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to know exactly what happened. Yeah, and I'll what tell happened you what's to the man? Yes, sir. Can we, uh, boy? Can, can we get this get get this guy out of here? He's asking many tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but. I mean, you don't know, man. You might get a good answer. You might get a good answer. You may not. They may say they're going in a different direction for the future of the franchise. Because that's what it looked like. Right? No. There is no future of the franchise with Blumhouse. They, Blumhouse already has... They, they don't have the rights anymore. It's over. Mm. So there is no future of the franchise. Maybe the only franchise I know of is his name is Shane Douglas. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Logically Go speaking. Go ahead and ask me a question. With this, with does this kill the legacy of the Halloween movies the way it supposedly ended? Is this is is this going to hamper the series as a whole with the ending the way it ended? Because fans no, aren't it's happy. Not. No, it's not. Because people need to realize, that. people need to realize something. This is this is Michael Myers of this timeline of this trilogy that died. No different uh-huh. than Michael Myers and Rob Zombie's two movies he did that died. It's no different. Someone will come back in a couple of years when they come up with a great story, which will most likely be the same story we love of. Michael Myers trying to kill Laurie Schrode and yada yada yada. They'll reboot the series yeah. and it'll start it will start all over again. It will be rebooted. So now this was this is not the end. It's just I'll see you later. But do you expect I don't know, because movies like that, like they they you come off a run, you have two those movies were decent. The last two movies were decent. Like enough to get you to the point to where you wanted to see this movie to see how everything ended. And it ends like this. Movies that do that traditionally don't do well if they come back. It'll do well because it's Michael Myers. Well, yeah, because you Halloween branding. It's no different than WrestleMania. Hey, WrestleMania last year sucked ass, but you know what? They're gonna draw a bunch of people to they're gonna draw money because because it's WrestleMania, it's just the brand. The brand of Michael Myers is still there, even if you don't like these this particular trilogy, the brand is still there because you have to realize something. Jamie Lee Curtis came back for these this trilogy of movies, but Jamie Lee Curtis is also in alternate timelines of Halloween. Her character is from the, you know, yeah. the original 78. Then she was in Halloween 2. Then Halloween H2O. Then she dies in Resurrection. So it's just, there's so much stuff there. I mean, there is, just like we talked in the last episode, just there's not a lot of continuity between the two films. I think that, you know, thinking about it since last week, that they should have just continued on with Halloween night. It should have been everything should have been happening on this one particular night. Halloween ends. The tagline should have been Halloween ends, evil dies tonight, is what it's probably should have been called. And I like that. I like that. You basically have 
you know somebody's going to die. You just don't know how it's going to happen, and that would have sold right. more people. And I think you would have had a more of a satisfying ending. They also have a, a novelization of Halloween Kills that's out right now. That's available on um, Audible, and it's at your your some stores for paperback and everything. And mm-hmm. supposedly, from what I understand, it's actually if they had have stuck to that novelization, the movie would have been way better. But David Gordon Green decided to go in his own direction, do his own thing. And I think in the end, I think all the goodwill that they attempted to do with the Halloween franchise and the brand, I think he hurt it by going into a different direction and, and basically bait and switching with the trailer. If you look at right. the trailer, if you look at the trailer, they show you nothing whatsoever. You see Corey, but they give you no storyline, no context, no context right. of what he's doing with them. They switch. They basically had it seem like you were going to get this confrontation that's been what forty some years in the making between these two characters, and that didn't happen. And you, Michael right. Myers, is is a cameo in his own movie. So that's where I think a lot of problems happen. It's just like we said last week, not a lot of continuity there. A lack of Michael Myers, his whole new character came out of nowhere, is basically following the format of, of Christine. It's pretty much what it was. It just it didn't feel like a Halloween movie at all. It felt like I was watching Christine. And it just updated right. reboot of Christine, because that's exactly how it played out. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I get, I definitely understand that. It was just something I was wondering. Like, does does this really hurt the franchise overall? But you do still have that hardcore fan base. So I think like the movie with the, that like hurt the, I think the, the the movie, if you look at Halloween, the movie that hurt the franchise the most to me was Halloween Resurrection. And I was about to say that Resurrection for yeah. sure. Resurrection hurt the hurt the franchise. I mean, people can shit on Rob Zombie's Halloween is all they want. They made no money. resurrection was terrible. Yeah, resurrection was, horrible. <laughs> it was Jamie terrible. Lee Curtis didn't even want to do resurrection, but she was contractually obligated to do it. She didn't want to do it. Yeah. So that that I'll yeah. tell you right there. But at least again with Rob Zombie, hey Rob Zombie made money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it I think the benchmark, but I saw people comparing Halloween ends to Resurrection. I was like, God damn, it ain't that bad. No, it's not that bad. No, and, 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 and the only saving grace <laughs> about bad. the only saving grace about Resurrection was Buster Rhymes. He is the only yeah. entertaining True. person character in that whole movie. Is Buster Rhymes, and it's like people when they talk about Halloween Resurrection, they don't really talk shit so much about Buster. They talk shit about the story and what they were trying to do. They never right. really talked shit about him because he was funny. He was it, it's just he was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Period. I agree. It's like it, it's like any 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 movie that had Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is the best part of that movie. Yep. Correct. Correct. All right, man. So let's let's move on uh to a segment we introduced last week on this day in wrestling. I see clearly. On this day, <laughs> I see clearly. But on this day, October 26th in wrestling history, not so much wrestling history, but video game history, we got a Nintendo 64 game. I know it's right. WCW, NWO, Revenge was released on this day 24 years ago. That was the shiz knit, bruh. What, arguably, it's up there as one of the greatest wrestling games ever. It's going to be, in my opinion, that game is going to be number two behind WWE No Mercy. Mercy. Yes, sir. Yep. No Mercy. Yeah, but yeah. That game was released on this day 24 years ago. Also, 24, uh, not 24 years ago. This happened in 97. So, 25 years ago. Today. Halloween Havoc. 
Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. at the time. Title versus hair. Uh, yeah. Was it title versus hair? Yeah. No, title versus mask. Sorry. It was title versus mask. In one of the most legendary matches ever happened best, on this day. Best match on that show. By far. Nothing, nothing <laughs> could follow. By far. Could follow Guerrero and Mysterio. Sorry, nothing. I, yeah. If I if I put if I put a match that could probably follow that match, that was going to be probably DDP versus Macho Man Sudden Death Las Vegas Sudden yeah. Death match. That, yeah. that those two matches on that show were the best two matches on that show. Both of those That's matches it. got uh, nominated for Match of the Year. Yeah. Uh, I can see why. Yeah. The main event sucked ass. Hogan versus Piper in the cage. That was the worst match of the year. <laughs> I, I, I bet it was. I bet it was. <laughs> no, it really was. It was the yeah, worst. It was voted worst match of the year. Yeah, I bet. And, and you look back on it. You look you look back on it. You had you had two you had two good rivalries at the time too with, with, with Guerrero and Mysterio, and then you had Macho and DDP. And if you look yeah. through there, ninety-seven, it's like that's that's why I, I love having the network because you can go back and see, go it back and look at it exactly. Go back and, and study this shit, and go back and just remember how this whole thing started with DDP and Macho Man, and how personal it got. And go back and see how everything unfolded with Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, how they got to that point. And yep. that's that's the beauty of having a network, even with all the network's faults. That's the 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 good thing. The of beauty having, of having the it. beauty yep. of having a network. Yep. Yep. That match, I, I remember. This was one of the first pay per views I ever bought. Yeah. If if not the first. Um. Well, that's funny because my first one was uh my first pay per view that I ever bought. Well, my mom got it for me. I was uh, my, it was on my twelfth birthday. Um, it was uh, Halloween Havoc. Um, I believe it was '96. Yeah, I know my first one was a Halloween Havoc. I'm not sure if yeah. it's this one or not. Yeah. But I know, I know it was it was one of the ones because that that summer, um, I just mowed yards because I knew I wanted to watch some of the pay per views, so I just yeah, yeah, mowed yeah. yards. So that was my that was my pay per view money. <laughs> and and just you know mowed yards, get the money to my mom. She make the order, you know, and I watch it. But yeah, that match. If I if if you aren't if you aren't a wrestling fan before that match, and that's the first match you saw, you'd be hooked. Like, and it's one of the matches I tell people. If you really want, if you really want to see like psychology, like if you want everything the wrestling industry offers you in one match, because you have the psychology, you have the technical aspect, you have the lucha aspect. Um, they worked stiff in that match. They worked really stiff in that match. Yep. Um, they told a story. Yep. In that match. It's it's a masterpiece of a match. So if you if you were trying to figure out like what what is wrestling, that's one of the matches I would point you to because it's 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 one of those it's a timeless match. I can go back and watch that and feel exactly how I felt when I watched it the first time. See, that's that's kind of how I get if I watch um, Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart, SummerSlam mm-hmm. ninety one. You know, what I mean, Intercontinental Championship, or if I watch, you know, Razor versus Shine, the latter match, not yep. not the one, not the WrestleMania ten one. I'm talking about the one that did SummerSlam '95. Yeah, that was that was a good match. No different than when I'm watching 2002 SummerSlam and you have Shawn Michaels return against Triple H and the mm-hmm. story that they told in that match. And that's that's what a lot of matches are missing today is they're missing that old school psychology and that old school way of getting heat. Right. Where you do right. stuff that it, it all makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? 
So everything makes sense. Every kind of a, every match has a story. Speaking of which, somebody made a comment um, about someone not uh, kind of kind of being contradicting when they used to have a show back in the day. Used to run a company, um, and then we can go ahead and segue into this. It was Tony Khan made some comments about Eric Bischoff. Took some shots at Bischoff saying that yep. Bischoff used to put on matches on WCW TV that had no story. They would just be thrown out there. Well, I don't know what show he was watching, but <laughs> I don't recall it being that way. I, I recall it being the WCW changed the formula of how wrestling was presented on on primetime television because they were the ones that were putting on competitive matches with main event stars on a weekly basis, the WWF followed what they were doing. Right. Period. Okay. Right. Those matches had, he says that, that he, he specifically brought up 1995 is what he did. And he says that they would put matches out there with no story. I'm assuming he was talking about the Lucha Libre, the Luchadors is what he was referring to. And uh, if you remember 95 WCW, they didn't really use the Luchadors yet. The Lucha Libre stars hadn't came into the company until 96. Right. So right. I don't know what he's talking about. And in 95, if you want to be, for instance here, 95, they had a match on Nitro, the second ever Nitro. It was Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan for the WCW title. That match had been built up the previous week on the very first Nitro when Lex Luger debuted. That had a story going into it. Also, Sting versus Hulk Hogan on WCW Nitro 1995, November. It was going into World War Three. Also, match had a story. What was the story? Hogan was fighting the Dungeon of Doom, the Alliance, and Hulkamania. Hogan was basically had turned to the dark side. Didn't know who he was going to trust. He wrestled the match right. wearing all black. Sting came out wearing red, <clears throat> and yellow. Booyah! What is that? That's called a fucking story. So, what are you <laughs> talking about? So, before before we get too deep into it, I do want to read what he actually put in there. Well, go ahead and read it in public. <laughs> so, what he said was, frankly, the person that has been the most incendiary, contradictory, and hypocritical in this entire point is Eric Bischoff. And then he explained the good WCW Nitro episodes from 1995 to 1998 featured random lucha matches and other unexpected pairings. This is a certain exquisite randomness to the lineup of the card. There were a lot of stories happening in WCW, but probably less than half the matches of Nitro had a story going on in them that was fine. It was the industry standard show. He said to see the person who probably put more cold matches on TV and did it successfully and did it well, says it's an abomination to do it is pretty contradictory. I definitely don't want to see fans get brainwashed into thinking there's only one way to do this just because they've seen it done one way for a long time. That was his, that was his entire diatribe. Okay. So let me say this. I don't recall it being that way. I remember the Luchadors having a story when they were going, when, when it was going on. The Mexican talent only worked. Yeah, they weren't the just. They weren't, they weren't just, just put out there. Exactly. Yeah. They had. They, they there was some thrown. type of a, of a story going on there. The the Luchadors usually had the best matches of the night, followed this by true. the NWO shenanigans. Okay, that's what that's what made the show exciting. You came to watch the Luchadors. You came to watch Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Benoit, Malenko, all these different cats, and then you have the NWO, and then you had DDP. That's what made it great. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's always a story going on somewhere. Chris Jericho turning heel. That was a story going on there. It was yeah. all it was all building towards a story. Because when you say comments like that, you're basically shitting on people that were back there. Oh, you're shitting on Nash. You shit on Kevin Sullivan. You shit on everybody back there. But you think it's okay to to just out the blue put a match on between John Moxley and Penta. That's something that you could have been building. You think, oh, let's just put the shit out there. That's what we're talking right. about here. You just put shit out there. 
just to do it. Right. That's what Bischoff's talking about. You don't we, you you're that's that there's a difference between putting a match out there as as it's it's your world title match that has no story. Just I'm gonna put these two out there. If you watch WWE, I think I think he's talking about the punk Moxley match. I think that's what he was talking about. Because everybody had the collective same thought. Like, why is this match happening right now? Right. Like, why? Why are we doing this right now? And right. you're going to have a pay-per-view in two weeks. Why do we need to have a, a, a match on Dynamite? And I think I think that was the premise of his whole argument, Eric Bischoff. Like, why are you doing this right now? Like, but, this makes no sense. But if you want to say this, and, and, and how about I play devil's advocate? If you say that part, then I'm saying, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm saying, well, you'll say that to me. What about the time you booked Hogan and Goldberg on Nitro a week or two before Bash at the Beach, 98? I mean that's true, that's true, and yeah, there's been a lot of it was for a rate. It was a ratings grab. It's what it was. Yeah, it's, it was. It was. And and to that point, I agree with Tony Khan. It's like you can't. The person that did this, <laughs> like in any, like you were similar in what you did. So don't don't criticize what I'm doing. But to what a comment that we had just now, there is no structure these days. Shout out to M Perry. The only structure that's happening right now is in WWE with Triple H. You know yeah. why? Because Triple H knows what the fuck he's doing. That's why. And we're going to get to some of the stuff that, that they're talking about that he's doing, which I'm, I'm on board for. I mean, yeah, you, me look, too. You, you look at what's going on here. Look look at this Look at this topsy-turvy situation that we got going on here right now in the business. You remember... When, when, when it, the, the whole talk was AEW, AEW, AEW could do no wrong. And it was yeah. the WWE under Vince McMahon. This shit sucks ass. This is garbage. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sold on Triple H's creative. I'm like, oh, everybody think he's just a creative genius. And he's not. But I look at what he's doing to turn the ship around. And I have to say. It, he's doing he, a damn would, good job. If he would get rid of that Thunderdome sound, that crowd sound. That would be fine. I think I, I don't think that's going anywhere because it looks terrible. Not it's, it's not for now. Terrible. For now, like you're starting to get more of an organic reaction at the WWE shows. That is evident. But for now, like you have to stick with that. And who's, it's because who's reaction. Bray, mostly. Yeah. Who else? Mm, you could argue. I, I was. You could argue Rhea Ripley's getting a, getting a reaction. No, she's not. Yeah, that's Thunder, she is. That's a Thunderdome, bro. That's a Thunderdome. Mm. I just had this debate with somebody the other day. They were talking about Dominic Mysterio getting all his heat. No, he's not. Look at look at Dom, when he's out there. Look at when he's Dom's out not there. Getting look the heat. The, he's not. Look at when he's out there and look at the crowd. Nobody's reacting. It's the Thunderdome. I remember back in the day, WCW Saturday Night, when they used to pipe those shit, that shit in. Those the loud ass moves. But, but, they need to go back to showing the crowds. WWE. Because if you want to get rid of the Thunderdome sound, then show the crowd. A big reason why, why the, the perception is the crowd isn't reacting is because they aren't shown. So show them reacting real time like show them and have them lit the whole time and that'll 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 get your that'll get that'll get rid of the the thunderdome problem m says seth gets a reaction which i think he does when he when he when he enters so he gets reaction because of his music yeah when he enters music yes yeah i think i think he does yeah yeah, because it's because I'm because I I'm, I can I can tell when they're sweetening up the crowd. I, I I can I know when they're doing it, and I'm like, they don't need to do this. You know what I mean? They even they even do the shit sometime on Rampage. Yeah, I know. Like, like the crowd is dead. The crowd is dead, man. But the crowd doesn't. Be, no, like, I was actually I was actually there when they were doing the Thunderdome noises because. 
They did dynamite, no Thunderdome at all. That was that was legit crowd. Yeah. Rampage, like more than not more than half. I would say more than like 25% of that crowd had left after Dynamite. And then you got the Thunderdome reaction because it just wasn't as loud. But yeah, they piped in that noise. And it's evident when you're there. No, it's again, it's evident when you're watching WWE TV. When you yeah. can look behind, you can look behind and see that nobody is reacting. No one's reacting. This is just, it's just, it's terrible. It's like, I just, I wish they would And this is, this is why I say show the crowd. Because if yeah. the crowd's dead, then the Thunderdome makes no sense to do. The crowd's just dead. Yeah. So show them. Show them being dead. And either either y'all got to work on how you get a crowd reaction or something, but show the crowd. Yeah. So that's it's like it's, it's, and, a, it's like a constant. It's like it's like one of those uh, one of those TV shows from back in the day that have the constant laugh track. You can hear it. You can you just know right. what it sounds like. That's you watch the show and you can hear the you hear the track playing. You know, and that's yeah. that's what they do. You can hear the track yeah. playing, and 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 you know when they're gonna when they're gonna react to. It. It's like these people aren't reacting. It is it's not the sound is not natural. It's the same damn exactly. sound every week. And one time they were doing it where they had somebody screaming, and it was every damn week that came out it was the same scream over and over. I'm like, damn, like really? Yep. You couldn't pay for another crowd sound. Nope. Yeah. It's that same sound on that mixer, baby. It ain't going yep. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Girls, just screaming at the top of my lungs. Oh my god! Here comes here, here, here comes uh, here comes the the, the Maximel models and screaming. <laughs> like damn, yep. it's the same the same scream I just heard on Raw, huh? Mm-hmm. Ow, ow! Like anytime you hear that shit, like yeah. That's the track. <laughs> yeah. That's the track. <laughs> but let's let's stay on WWE for a second. Since we talked about it earlier. Um one of the changes coming is they're getting rid of the PLEs or uh premium live events. So right. as report it was reported this morning that uh, going forward, some of the smaller named events like Armageddon, um, Backlash, stuff like that are going to be going away in favor of keeping the big four, which is Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania. Also, so, to, add, to add to that real quick, I don't know if you heard this or not, but they are um, talking right now about bringing back the king of the ring as a pay-per-view i like it yeah so if they do that that's real old school you know yeah i like it they were doing i like that. it yeah, so they were th- they're talking about doing that now one of the things i've always had an issue with though and it's it's a shame if they're actually going to go through with this whole thing of getting rid of the uh the ple's is i wish that they would use more of the wcw names that they have uh in the in the, the catalog yeah, because um, they got some shitty pay per view names, and it, it would be kind of cool if they would have dust some of them off. You know, dust off a of Starcade, especially Starcade. Yep. That that would be kind of cool to see that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. So the the one thing the one thing that I that I like about it, um, it kind of frees up the rest of the year for storytelling, right? So you're building towards these major pay per views. Right. Um, and if you have one a quarter, which I think, yeah, besides Mania, Mania is in April. Yeah, so it's one a quarter. So you do one a quarter and you build towards that pay-per-view. And I like that for the long-term storytelling. So the only thing that the only thing that I really worry about really truly like in cases to where you have like the money in the bank winner like what are you going to do with that right you can have them that cash in on tv okay i mean i'm not opposed to that 
but Money in the Bank is a pay per view. You know what I mean? Like Money in the yeah, it it yeah. I mean, but this also could be a situation where they could they could take some of these concepts that they use as far as the pay per views and present them as a uh, a right here on tonight on Monday Night Raw, Money in the Bank, right ladder match, right. You can. That I mean, those, I get, You can I, have special. You, you can put on more specials. You remember back in the day, the w, WCW used to put on uh, Clash of Champions. So mm-hmm. WWE could use utilize these. You know, uh, you could have these special events. That's just that they're not, but they're not. You know, POEs. They're just right. events. You know, you right. can have one. Welcome to the, tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw, dubbed Clash of the Champions. And this is what we're going to do. Or you can walk them tonight, Monday Night Raw, Money in the Bank. You can do something like that. Yeah. Or you can, you can grab, you know, people to tune in because tonight you're going to see two Money in the Bank ladder matches right here to ground, you know. I do think do. that would work with Raw because Raw is a three-hour show and you can yeah. you can have those type of, types of events Absolutely. on Raw. I, I, I actually shows. like that idea. Yeah, I actually really like that idea. You, have gimmick, you can have gimmick shows uh, on there, so I'm all for it because that's essentially what AEW is doing. Tony Khan has, is not presenting Blood and Guts on pay-per-view. He's presenting it on Dynamite. He's, right. and that's where he's that's that's why I give him credit. He's doing a lot of the big matches on on the Dynamite show, and not so much on pay per view. He's on the Battle of the Belts. That's a, that's a, you know a, a, some TV show that's kind of fell off. Um, you know, right. it's not as popular now. But if WWE's taking that approach, I think that's it's going to work out well for him because I just think there's too many pay per views, and plus they're actually following the the AEW uh, model, which is present less pay per views. And do more on TV. And to AEW's credit, I think it works out well for them. So WWE seeing this and modeling it after it is actually really smart for WWE. Yeah, but now the problem is, is that in case you don't know, you probably do know. Um, the next time the Ring of Honor is going to be on pay per view, <laughs> and that yep. competition is going to be NXT. Yep. So. I mean, you poke the bear, you poke the eight hundred pound gorilla. You know, you 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 gonna get you gonna get hit back, man. So now uh, yeah. now 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 they're now I think WWE is just they're messing with them now. That's why I think they're oh doing. yeah they're they're messing yeah. with them. Yeah, I so, think it's great. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. So bring it on. Now, I mean, I'm, now I'm saying all this. I'm saying all this right now, but I, I I have to confess. I will be in attendance December 21st, I believe it is, for AEW Dynamite over here in San Antonio. I'm going to be there. Okay. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him, Mr. Khan, <laughs> if you if you want to meet up and have you know you know have dinner or something, your treat. I can teach you how to save your show. Uh, let's, let's, let's set that up. I will, I will drive down because, uh, December 21st, I am actually off of work. So I, I can make this trip happen. Well, you let me, you, you, you let me know. We'll talk off there. All right. Because if we go there to, to the Freeman Coliseum for dynamite, you know, what's going to happen? We are taking over. Yes. Yes. No gimmicks is all elite. Yeah. And then there'll be (laughs) escorting our all elite asses out the building. (laughs) All right. Since we're on the topic of all elite wrestling, CM Punk's buyout, is it imminent? Now, there's been a lot of chatter uh, since last week on the subject of CM Punk. I know last week we talked about A Steel being fired. Um, this week, between last Wednesday and this Wednesday, a lot has come out. For instance, could he be going to WWE? Um, the reports say that Triple H didn't want anything to do with him. And then it quickly softened the stance. 
Well, he's been around Vince. Vince is a very forgiving guy when it comes to that. Not saying that there is a future in WWE for him, but there could be if if history teaches us and repeats itself through Hunter, we could see him back in WWE if this is actually a thing. So I'm going to ask you, is this buyout going to happen? I believe that CM Punk is done in AEW. I I, I, I think he's finished. Uh, I think at this point he's injury prone. Um, and I just think that, honestly, he hasn't drawn the numbers that I think he would have drawn if he's been gone for seven years. Now, in saying this, if he were to somehow make amends with WWE and Triple H especially, they were to sit down and have a mm-hmm. conversation and come to an agreement and come to a deal, that would be a huge deal for WWE because oh, you're bringing yeah. this guy, you bringing this guy back, and what is the one thing that CM Punk has always wanted and most likely will now get because it is a two night show is WrestleMania main event. Yep. That could that can happen, and also guess what opens up? It opens up a fresh crop of talent for CM Punk to work with at WWE. So I do, I will say in the wrestling business, you always have the, the saying, never say never. Never say and never. I think that I do see him going back to WWE. I actually do. I see him in Triple H making amends. If they can make amends with Bruno San Martino, if they can make amends with the Warrior, if they can make amends with Bret Hart, okay, so many other people that have come through there that you never thought would be back in the company. Yeah, CM Punk could it could very well be going there, absolutely, because there's there there and there's thoughts there is thoughts already in AEW that he can end up over there because they, they want to have that that uh non compete clause. Non compete clause, yeah. And they're worried about that situation. And my thing is is that yeah, CM Punk May not have drawn the numbers you thought he was going to draw, but CM Punk is still one of your biggest stars you have. He's more a popular in a mainstream than the elite are. This is true. This is very true. So I think if you if you look at it from a situation like this, from a point that earlier they lost Cody to WWE, you lose and- CM Punk to WWE, you okay, then you really got issues here going on. So if I was kind, I would try to sit down with Punk and maybe come to some type of a resolution. I understand that there's really nuclear heat right now on CM Punk, but at the end of the day, it's business. Yeah. So is it you work out business with him or he's going to go and work out business with the WWE? But I say never say never, and I do believe we will see CM Punk one day back in WWE because CM Punk knows that WWE is a big time. CM Punk has one thing that he has never been able to accomplish, and that is a WrestleMania main event. Why not bring him back hot as ever and have him in that match? And I dare say, who would you put? Who, who would you wrestle? Who would he wrestle? Who would you put him in the ring with for that WrestleMania match? Shit, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Actually, on the subject of Cody Rhodes, I was thinking the if if he's healthy enough. You save Bray Wyatt for Cody Rhodes. Well, Bray Wyatt is right now listed internally as the the number one babyface on SmackDown. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, and Cody but Rhodes still, on Raw. Still, if you if you want to make that splash like that, I don't want them to touch him. I don't want him either. Yeah, I don't want. Save I don't want to see man. Bray versus Cody. I don't want to see it because you have two guys here that are extremely popular. So there's a reason to muddy the waters and have them wrestle each other, especially for what? Mm, I get that. I get that. Well, who would in if if you had to put Bray Wyatt up against anybody right now, who would you put him up against? Uh Karrion Cross. Mm, that's interesting. Why? Because the they they both have um they both have very unique personas. 
And we don't know yet where Bray Wyatt's going with his persona. You know, they just debuted Uncle Howdy the other day mm-hmm. uh, on one, mm-hmm. one of the promos. So you don't really know where they're going. You don't know if he's going to be, you know, fighting his inner demons. Is it, you know, where they're going to go with the the Firefly Funhouse? Um, you got Karrion Cross out there, who's I mean, he's just he's he's lost in the shuffle right now. I mean, he was doing his, his deal with with, with McIntyre, but he's kind of he's kind of lost some steam since his his re debut with the company. Yeah. So I would I would say that to really make a splash and pick up business, you put them two in the program together. But okay. make an issue about something. That's what I would do, because Bray Wyatt's had to wrestle somebody, and I don't. I don't want to see Bray Wyatt in the ring with a Braun Strowman or anybody like that. I, I want to see him in some type of a compelling situation, and it has to be with a heel because he's listed as the number one babyface on the roster, and and Drew McIntyre is listed as number two. I get where you're coming from with that. I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I didn't. If if I had anybody in mind, it wasn't Carrying Cross, but that that sounds interesting. And and but the only thing I worry about in that whole scenario is whoever whoever loses doesn't come out better. You because Carrying Cross isn't going to come out of that better. You risk that anyways. That's you risk you risk that anyways. I mean, look at look at how many people Roman Reigns has gone through. How many times has he gone through Drew McIntyre already? He's gone through everybody. There's really nobody yeah, left but, for Roman. But has in those instances, right? Has anybody really come out of there less after facing Roman Reigns? Has there has their stock really Tanked after after facing Roman Reigns, I think Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you think so? I don't yeah. think I don't think his. I don't especially think after Clash, especially after Clash of the Castle. I mean, yeah, that was a great movie he had mm-hmm. over there. But, you know, sinking in a while. Clash of the ca- Clash of the Castle like, is a it's, it's a different scenario, right? Because you didn't think. I mean, the perception was going into that. Drew wasn't gonna win that shit. He wasn't gonna win it. Well, that that just answered your own question, because that just that proves right there that McIntyre doesn't have any stock. But it didn't. It didn't hurt. Win. It didn't hurt what he already had. I you knew going did. into it. You knew going into it. He wasn't gonna win. But I think he. It didn't I, hurt I, him I, that he lost. I think. I think it hurt him. You think so? Yeah, I think it did. Because this is how many times he wrestled Roman already? This would be like the second time or something like that. He wrestled Roman and came up short. Yeah. So I yeah. think like you, you can't get the job done, man. You can't you can't get it done. Mm. Mm. Nah. I, I I'm gonna respectfully disagree with that one. Cause I don't I for for me personally, in my opinion, I just didn't think he was gonna win that match. What he did in that match, it it there was a little bit okay. This is a good match, but it didn't in my brain. It didn't drop his stock. Like he doesn't need to be in this title picture anymore. As for a person like Karrion Cross going up against Bray Wyatt, where do you go if you lose this match? Because this is a viable feud. This guy isn't the champion. Like, but if he wins, he's going to be thrust into a higher scenario. You not so much. Well, where does he go if he loses to Drew McIntyre? Exactly. Where does not go there? Exactly. It's the same situation. It's, it's the same situation. But on the, way, on the flip side way, of that he, coin. Either way, he loses... He loses side, but that's 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 just the nature of the business anyway. You're yeah, gonna lose that's what stock. I'm saying. If you if you take a, if you take the loss, you're gonna lose stock. It's the way the way as long as you lose the stock, but you're creatively protected, you have nothing to worry about. Right. All these people right. that that have gone up against Roman Reigns, I feel watching it haven't been creatively protected. It's like Roman gets through with you, you're done, you're cast aside. That's it. I don't think you're in the title picture. I don't necessarily think you're done. But title picture wise, like if 
But that's the end game. That's the end all be all. Like that's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the guy. So if you lose to Roman, and here's the comment right there. Drew is mid as long as Roman has the belts. And this is true. And this is true for anybody else that goes up against him. Like if you don't, if you don't get to the top of the mountain with Roman Reigns, then you're not going to get close to the top of the mountain. Well, Drew at least while he has the belt. Drew Drew was mid when Drew had the belt. Drew wasn't he wasn't mid, but oh shit. Drew wasn't Bullshit. mid. I would no, get Drew McIntyre's run as a champion, just like Ultimate Warriors run as the WWE champion. Same shit. That is that is a crime. That is Same a crime, shit. sir. No. Same shit. Drew was champion in the worst possible time because uh-huh. he was. Yeah, Brian, just like when Warrior was champion in the worst possible time because Hogan was gone. No, that is two completely they different scenarios. They had no scenarios. opponents for him. That is two completely different scenarios. Oh, really? Give me name name me one badass Drew McIntyre match you can think of when he was champion. Drew versus Brock. Oh wow, Drew versus Brock. Yeah, Drew versus Brock is good. Give me another one. Drew versus Lashley. Uh-huh. He he's had some good matches. What I'm saying, what I'm telling you is. Those are two completely different scenarios because Drew McIntyre became the champion in front of no one. That significantly hurt his his reign. No other champion in WWE history has won the title in front of zero people at WrestleMania. No other ones, just Drew McIntyre. And he had to carry that championship through a major part of the pandemic where there were no fans, lost it, and then the fans came back. That is that is that is not that is it's it's a bad run, but it's not his fault. That wasn't his fault. I, Ultimate, I Ultimate Warrior. I didn't say he had a bad run. I didn't say he had a bad run. I just no, I'm not. It's memorable. It's an unfair run. Let me rephrase that. It's an unfair run. Because you have you are you are champion through one of the worst times to be a champion, and that that goes for every wrestler that held a championship. Like that is that is the worst time. Everybody that held the championship through the pandemic had to carry a company through no fans, and that's something the wrestling industry hasn't seen before. So the fact that the fact that he was champion and he did he did carry the the company through it whether we like to admit it or not like that's a that's an achievement on its own because no yeah, other I, champion's done that i just i just don't see him as a i don't see him as main event i see him as upper mid mid card uh i think i think him doing that puts a little bit of respect on his name for me i think Ultimate warrior was upper mid card oh, warrior yes we can agree on this yeah. Warrior was mid. I don't even think Warrior was mid. Warrior was lower than mid. No, I can't. I can't say that because Warrior was one of the most popular acts during that time. So I can't say that. Warrior sold a lot of merch. Mid, upper mid. I say he's upper mid card. He beat Hogan. Mid. He dropped Hogan. He beat Hogan at WrestleMania six. So fucking what? Beat Hogan. Mid. Nobody beats Hogan in that era. No one beat Hogan. Yeah, but that's popularity. But Warrior as a wrestler was mid. Nobody beat. Don't what I'm what I'm getting at here. It doesn't matter. It's about drawing money. Warrior drew money, and Warrior and Warrior sold merch. It's just Warrior didn't have any, they didn't have any opponents lined up for Warrior when he won the belt. They went back to Rick Rude. And there was nothing yeah, went wrong with Rick Rude. They went back not, to Rude. That's not that, again. That's not Warrior's fault, though. No, like, it's not Warrior's fault. That's the company's fault for not setting really you is. up correctly. Yeah, I agree with that. Same thing with what's going on right now is that everybody has to to follow behind Roman Reigns having two belts. So there, so so 
that, that you have a situation where everybody's in limbo because you only have one guy. Nobody wanted to work with Warrior either. See, I, I, I can't I can't agree with that because I listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast and Bruce Pritchard himself has stated that they didn't have anybody ready for Warrior. Yeah. They put the belt on yeah. they put the belt on Warrior and anybody they didn't have anybody with no ready plan. for Warrior. No plan. Yeah, with exactly. No plan. Yeah. So it's not nobody that nobody wanted to work with Warrior because that's you can't say that because you go back and the Warrior had a bunch of matches. He had matches with DiBiase. He had matches against uh what was it? Uh Demolition. He had matches with Rick Rude. He had the feud with Sergeant Slaughter. So mm-hmm. you can't really can't say that nobody wanted to work with him because they worked with him. Yeah, I get I get that. Now, is can, he on the same, if he is he on the same level as Sting? No. Hell no. No. <laughs> Sting Sting was a main eventer. Yes. For all intents and purposes, yes. Yes. All right, man. The elite are back. So what? <laughs> I think we should have followed that after actually yeah it is following cm punk's buyout well we're talking about mid card people right we're talking about mid carders right there you go you're saying you're saying the elite's mid bro the elite were at their 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 biggest popularity when they were part of the bullet club period tell me i'm wrong are we talking about the entirety of the elite who's the who who is the elite so we have I guess I guess we, it's just three people right now. So okay, <laughs> the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Okay, so so like I said, when they were a part of the Bullet Club, is when people started getting on their on their shit and started following them. That's when it was going down. Okay, are they are they do they really mean anything outside of AEW? No, they don't. I can't believe my ears. You can believe it. So are we are we really are we really ready to sit here and say the elite is mid? I I don't see anything on there that shows me other anything else otherwise. Wow. Wow. Like I said, these, these dudes were super super over. When the Bullet Club was at its height, sorry, that's just that's just facts. They were super over when the Bullet Club was at its at its peak, at its dominance. But I'm sorry, had the had the elite had the elite before. Let's just put it like this: before CM Punk ever got there, when the elite were on TV, was the elite putting over a million a, a million uh, viewers over on that show every week? Were they doing no. over a million? They were not, right? So that's yeah. that's 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 pretty much what they are. They need to change that name. The mid is that what you're saying? <laughs> Whatever. Wow. Even the comments are agreeing. This is wow. Hey, they got where? Where did the elite come from to begin with, bro? The elite came from NWO Wolfpack Elite. That's where it came from. That's where they got the name from. But you know that yeah. difference is is that the difference is that when you look at the NWO elite, it was actually the elite. It was Hogan, it was Nash, it was Steiner, it was Hall. Okay, it was Lex Luger. You, you, that's the real elite. All right, not some motherfuckers coming out there and and telling uh, telling their their uh, uh, their fucking manager to sixty nine me. What the fuck? Wow. This is wow. Hey, but hey, you know, if people like that shit, go ahead and get sick with your one million viewers a week. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> uh, we do want to send our condolences to uh, Kevin Nash and his family on the passing of his son. Um, I, I think a report came out today on the cause of death, but Kevin Nash pretty much came out and said that he had a seizure. And um, yeah, a seizure. He had a seizure that led to cardiac arrest. Yeah. So 
we do want to, yep, we do want to extend our condolences uh, to him and his family. And uh, that's tough, man. That's tough. It's been a tough uh, year for Kevin Nash. Yeah, it has, man. I'll tell you one thing. Any people out there can, can say whatever they want to and talk shit about it, whatever. Uh, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Kevin Nash to, to, lose his, to lose his son and to still come out and do a podcast, tell the world exactly what happened, and put on the best face you can and put the best foot forward you can in a situation like that. I don't know if I could do it. And oh, no, I definitely there, couldn't. And he went out there and did it, so hey, my hat's off and much love and respect to Big Sexy, man. That that dude, yeah. like, fuck all the quiet jokes and all that dumbass shit that people like to to say or whatever. That 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 Kevin Nash is a real G about his business. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, no, he has he has my utmost respect. Um, yeah. And I know I know he, he had been grieving over uh Scott Hall and does this happen? You said it was Scott Hall's birthday? No, it was the day he died. His son died the day after Scott Hall's birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Originally, originally it was reported it was on Hall's birthday. It was the day after Hall's birthday. Okay. Damn. That's tough, man. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Incredible strength um, to to do something like that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing but well wishes to Kevin Nash and his family, man. Absolutely. Nothing but the best. Yep. All right, man. Final thoughts. What you got? Final thoughts. Um, yeah. It's great that crybabies are back so they can come back and <laughs> spread some more bullshit rumors and send them out there to the dirt sheets. And that's the reason why CM Punk went out there the way he did because they were running their <laughs> mouth. If you got the balls, you will say something to somebody's face. Don't be like some little bitches and stand behind somebody's back. And that's what it is. <laughs> So they're the elite are back. Yippee. They will come out. We'll see them come out with their, their fake facial hair and shit. You know, and, and whatever. I, I I I don't, you know what? This whole thing has just been handled so wrong. And I'm I'm really pissed off with the way they're doing business. And I hope that CM Punk actually goes back to WWE. And I can't wait to hear the big pipe bomb he'll he'll fucking put on AEW. I, oh, I can't you know wait for that. You oh, know I can't he will. I can't wait for that. There, there won't be any there won't be any NDAs on this shit. <laughs> you know he will. Yep. You so I'm waiting for that. Will. I'm waiting for that to happen. And other than that, I ain't got nothing else to say tonight, brother. <laughs> well, I do want my final thought is uh to every member of the wrestling community that we built, uh known as the No Gimmicks podcast fan group on facebook um to every member in there thank you guys for rocking with us all this time um the group is going away the show is not going away so if you are listening to the show catch us on the dot filling podcast network on facebook youtube and twitch uh just search for dot filling podcast on all those platforms uh, it will take you to us. This show will be airing uh, on all those locations as well as still going out to the masses. Um, we do have our own link now to where you can just catch our show and our show only. So we will send that link out to you guys. Um, we're still a part of the DFPN. So, but every show is, is going on their own platform. Uh, to where you can catch us all on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, because one of the chief complaints that we got was our show and many other shows on the network was hard to find. So we figured out a way to keep it all under the umbrella of DFPN, but you can only find our show. So we will post that link uh, before we shut down the group. We will post that link. And uh, you guys can find us there as well as on the Daffalon Podcast Network platforms that, that we're on. So uh, we will be uh, more active on Patreon as well. You can catch us on Patreon. Um, I think the next pay-per-view is Full Gear, if I'm not mistaken. And I do plan on streaming Full Gear for the patrons. So 
Um, yeah, man, to everybody that rocked with us in the group, man, thank you all. Thank you for uh, the members that contributed to all the conversations that we had in that group. Uh, sad to see it go, but, you know, things have to happen for us to grow. So come rock with us. Thank you all. And that's all I got. So now you got nothing else. So peace. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to the No Gimmicks podcast here on the DFPN. Remember, that feeling podcast next week. Come check us out. Come have a good time with us. Until then, y'all be safe. Peace.